Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! The beauty of baseball is you can sit next to your neighbor and have a conversation, or you can just completely ignore them. Baseball spoken here. It's time for the second game of our radio doubleheader. That is a reviewable play, but the Yankees choose not to review it. A swing and a drive to deep right, away back, off the ball, Francisco Lindor. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch, a deep dive on baseball and the hottest topics in sports. It's 2-2 two to two in the bottom of the sixth, and I just can't get my eyes off that man with the tall head. It's quite a game, but man, that guy is ugly. You know that guy hasn't blinked this entire game? Just a dead-eyed idiot out on a Thursday afternoon. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. We're going to be awesome for you right now. On 1080. Hey, one for one, that's about a thousand, dude. That's baseball, baby. Help us, please. Somebody help us. The Fan. Yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances for missing on them with some Welcome to the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you're missing the first hour, you can download that, the Les Schwab Tires podcast at TinnyTheFan.com and the Odyssey app. Speaking of podcasts, Beers on Us will drop tomorrow at 4 p.m. at its regular time. We're discussing festivals, excuse me, as they start to return. OBF is this weekend. There's one over in Vancouver. What are the future of those and what do they look like? I got some interesting things, plus another brewery, RIP. So we'll get to that. Download that oh, wherever you get that. your uh, ooh, special news for Mike then. Yeah. Uh, download that wherever you get your podcasts, including com and the Odyssey app. Farrah coming up in a half hour. But I want to start with this. Something that uh, came across that when I first saw it was kind of like, wait, it, this is weird. This 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 sounds This sounds ridiculous. But the more and more I kind of look at it and read into it, the more and more I become a little more concerned. Uh, it, it was reported today that Mike Trout is dealing with a pretty rare, quote-unquote, back condition, that it's manageable, but it is something he's going to deal with the rest of his career. And when it comes to backs, we know how this goes in sports, uh, especially for a guy with as much power in the way he plays. Uh, is this, Mike, when, you, when you're reading this, am I reading too much into the tea leaves? Is this a massive concern for you? Or was it like wait and see until we hear stuff? I saw it as a pretty massive concern, to be honest with you. Trout's yeah. been fighting injuries the last few years. And and we've on this show been like, ah, it's just he's, he's fine. It's just bad luck. Um, But yeah, this year there was something 
especially with this latest one, there was almost no discussion around it. It was just Trout is out. And he was out for like rib soreness. Mm. But the rib, as I'm learning, because I've got some crazy pinched muscle thing going on where it's pinched at my spine, but it wraps around my lower rib and Mm. then goes into my abs. Yeah. It's like a line of nerves that are annoyed or muscles that are annoyed. It's all connected. So he went for rib soreness. Turns out it's connected to whatever the hell this is, this rare back thing he's got going on. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I tried to read it. And it <laughs> Ooh, I'll find it. You gave talk. Me, I'll gave try me to find an it. issue. Um, in the article, he's apparently going to one of the best back specialists in the country. And even that guy was like, yeah, I barely see this. <laughs> so it's apparently very rare. And it was weirdly, it's the Angels trainer that came out and said this. I'm not sure Mike Trout's particularly happy about that. But he said that Trout will probably have to deal with this for the rest of his career and probably his life. I mean, I would assume it's not, not like you just finish playing baseball and like, oh, my back problems are gone. Ask a running back about his knees. All right. But I think the question is more like after you're done playing, can you get a surgery that makes it better? But if you get the surgery now, you're out for three years or whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah or you're just done. Right. Um, apparently that's that's not the case, although I guess Trout came out and kind of dismissed it like oh, I'm fine. You know, it's just some the whole soreness. thing was blown out of proportion. Just some back soreness. But I'd be concerned about this. The Angels are in a weird spot. There, there are team. I mean, every team in baseball is calling them about Otani because they don't think Otani is going to stay after next year. And if they want to lose him for something, they can trade him and get every player on earth for him because he's amazing. Yeah, you think the Juan Soto deal is Hall? You think Kevin Durant? You think they want a lot for Kevin Durant? They want a lot for Otani. You think Minnesota give up a lot for Rudy Gobert? Just you wait. <laughs> Just you wait. But so Otani probably wants out. Yeah, Trout is locked into his. 15 year deal and has never showed any interest in leaving Anaheim. He's a very chill. Doesn't want the pressure guy. It's that's how it appears. At least he's like, I play baseball. Although this, this year you are starting to see a lot more frustration out of him than you've ever have. We've talked about it on the show with pitchers, tipping pitches, which and makes such. you wonder if you would consider demanding a trade. If he's just like, look, I'm wasting my career. I just feel bad as a baseball fan because trout is the, best player we've seen in our generation and maybe one of the best, if not the best of all time. And he is completely wasting away on a franchise that is one of the most poorly run in baseball with a terrible owner on a team that is second in their own market and can't ever get out of their own way. The greatest player of our generation at this point has made the playoffs one time and lost in the first round and wasn't very good. And plays for the Angels. The laughing stock in baseball history since they've existed. Outside of 2002. Yes. And, well, the Rally Monkey had a lot to say with that. Also the steroids that Troy Glass and everybody else was using. (laughs) Tim Salmon. Um, Yeah, and uh, he's on on an Angels team that is irrelevant. And and will they've got all the stars, sure. But I think all baseball fans know the Angels suck. They suck. They suck. They I, suck. I got sucked in this year and was like, oh, well, look at this. They're good. Right there with in. you. Right there with and you. And it's reality. Uh, did you know that Mike Trout is a 10-time All-Star? That makes You want to date yourself for a hot moment? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Trout's been to 10 All-Star games. And he's been in the majors for? Uh, 10 years, 11, 11 years, years yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I will always say this till the end of time. The three greatest center fielders of all time, and I could argue each one being number one, is King Griffey Jr., Willie Mays, and Mike Trout. Like, pick one i could i could make an argument for any one of them 
whichever one you want. And I'm not even including like one of my favorite players of all time, Mickey Mantle. Uh, this is very, very concerning. Uh, the good news is, is the $440 million he's going to make is not concerning for him. He'll be just fine. But you're right. I mean, this is now potentially, you know, what, what? no matter what Mike says, no matter what Trout says, no matter what the Angels say, no matter what the Docs say, he, the rest of the league has now put Mike Trout on a clock. Right? Isn't that fair to say? How old is Mike Trout right now? 30? 31, I think. 31. He is now on a clock. So when we talked about three years ago when he signed that massive deal or whenever it was, and we talked about it, we were like, Mike Trout's going to play for 10 more years easily. Yeah. Mike Trout's going to play till he's 40, 42. He might not be very good. He might look like Pools, but he's going he's, he's gonna to play for a long time. What's that window look like now? If you're a GM, what's that window look like right now? Four years? Did Mike Trout's trade value just get cut in half? Um, No. <laughs> God, no. It, his trade value will be great until his... It's a lot of money for a guy after 35. It, it, his trade value will be great until his play shows otherwise. Injuries can be injuries, but if he's still coming back from them and hitting 300, it, then you're going to trade everything you have for him because he's Mike Trout. And yes, the age matters. And the five years ago, yeah, it, it'd be cut in half from that, but you're still going to get so much for a guy like Mike Trout. How long... Although Otani would, <clears throat> would get more. Right, right, right. Well, it, it, Otani is the... It's the Babe Ruth of our modern era in terms of like, what? how do we deal with this guy? He does both. Uh, how long until Mike Trout's a full-time DH, do you think? I think it's coming closer and closer. He, in center that field, clock is even smaller. I think that's one or two years away. Yeah. I, I, I've seen, not recently, but I watched a decent amount of Angels in the first couple months when they were playing well. But one thing that stood out to me was that Mike Trout in center field was no longer amazing. He was jogging. He couldn't get to some balls. He was misreading fly balls a lot. And <clears throat> that surprised me because it's like, I, I, I thought he'd be a top tier center fielder till he was 35. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Me too. I mean, the way he runs and stuff and it, it just goes to show that, I mean, like we're, we're seeing this. I mean, when does Bryce Harper become a full-time DH? You know, it's, I feel like, like it's the, already happening. I know. <laughs> I feel like these two are, are kind of tied together. You know, Trout and Harper are going to be tied together forever. Their careers have always been have always been compared to each other, even though they're vastly different players, vastly different human beings. But their careers have always been tied together. They both got their money around the same time. They're now starting to break down at the same time, question mark. They're now starting to DH. Maybe that's when we're when I'm talking about guys like Julio Rodriguez and Acuna and Tatis and Vladdy Jr. And it's like, when is one of you going to step up and be the Mike Trout and Bryce Harper? Because right now none of them are, and it looks like we might be losing those guys. And as a baseball fan, isn't that weird? That I, ju- we, I just made myself sad. Or, when we started this show, those guys were the young guys. <laughs> yeah, dude. Eight, eight years ago, seven years ago, when we started the show, those guys were the young guys, and. Now they're over 30. Mm-hmm. They're starting to deal with a lot more injuries. Mm-hmm. Also, and, a lot more scrutiny as they're making hundreds of millions of dollars now. And father time is hitting them hard. So, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird time because Julio is the new new. And Mike Trout and <clears throat> Bryce Harper are boomers. Oh, God. Are okay, we boomer. boomers too? <laughs> no. Because I'm still pulling for Mike Trout. <laughs> like right now. We will, we will always be millennials, Patrick, and we will always be reminded that we're millennials. And and I find myself a little bit 
before millennials, but I understand I fit the age bracket. I mean, technically, you are a millennial. Your personality may not be millennial, but you are. No, no, I'm a boomer. Um, well, you'd be Gen X, probably. Oh, your Gen personality no, is I'm, 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 a, I'm a Gen Xer. <laughs> You're a boomer. <laughs> um, okay, boomer. But what I would tell you this, like, this is how, this is kind of like, like, I just made the joke, like, oh, I made myself sad. I honestly would trade you the next 10 years. At, right now, this is probably going to change in a few years. But I would trade you the next 10 years of Julio Rodriguez for what I thought would be the next 10 years of Mike Trout. Really? Yeah. Even as a new Mariner fan? Yeah, because Mike Trout is this close, this close to being the greatest player of all time. I don't know if I would have done that trade. If Mike Trout if Mike Trout can get on a winning team or the Angels become a winning team, uh-huh. win a World Series. When Mike Trout goes to a different team. Win a World Series or two, and he is a huge factor in that, he starts knocking on greatest player of all time doors. I'm romantic about that. Me too. And I would like that to be the case so that I could say that I watched in my life the greatest player of all time. I wouldn't trade the next 10 years of Julio for that. Yeah. Because I think the next 10 years of Julio could be. Could be better. Better. Wow. God, Julio's good. He's special. Is that what it is? Is that Julio's that good? Do we feel the same way about Julio now that we felt about Trout back then, or do we feel more? I think I'm more into baseball now than when Trout came up as a rookie, so I think I feel it more with Julio now. Plus, we are living in the Mariners' general baseball region sure 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 like i didn't live in anaheim so i, I or right. anywhere near anaheim so i was never around but you're from jersey mike home right. cr- home crowd yes <laughs> even though he like pretends he's from philly well yeah i mean he's from <laughs> south jersey which is basically philly so yeah i mean i, I didn't get to appreciate trout in the way i, I probably should have yeah so I think I, I appreciate julio more now than i ever did with and him. and i think i'm that old romantic that like remembers the first big year of trout going oh my god this is it. This is the guy. I'm watching the greatest player of all time. And I already thought I did that with Griffey. And then, then again with A-Rod. I was like, oh, my God, I'm watching the greatest player of all time again? <laughs> and then Griffey went to Cincinnati. And yeah. then A-Rod decided to take every steroid down to man. He might have done that since high school. So. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's something that we as diehard Mike Trout fans of this show will definitely keep an eye on. And I really hate to say it, Mike, but does does it, does it, you know, we'll finish with this and get out of here. Will we scrutinize Mike Trout more because of this? Like not anti him, but just quick to punt on Mike Trout. Yeah, probably. I think so. I mean, right now. Anytime he has an ankle sprain or a knee sprain, he's on the DL. It's kind of like, oh God, here we go. Right now, mentally, I've already started doing it. Oh God. And... It's not intentional. Right, right. But when I saw Mike Trout has really rare back disorder, I kind of went, well, that makes sense. Because I'd already started going, because of what I watched earlier this year, mm-hmm. fielding-wise, I'm like, oh, he's losing it. Yeah. He start, he's starting to slow down a little bit. And he was still raking. He was hitting really well early in the year. But then he had that O for what twenty four slide or whatever it was, Ooh. where he was striking Worst out in a ton. his career. Well, right, but that, but it was real. It was it real, was, and he struck well, out especially a lot. in hindsight. Yeah, he struck out a lot, and he just didn't look comfortable at the plate, which we had never seen. And I just naturally started going. Well, I guess Trout's getting old. Same with Bryce Harper. 
Yeah, he won MVP last year, but he's been hurt twice this year. And and what's Bryce got? Two, three? Has he got three MVPs? I think he has three MVPs. I don't know. Two or three. I mean, he was, he was my pick preseason, and before he got hurt, I was like, he's doing it again. I'm doing it with him, too. It's it's the changing of the guard, and that's fine. But I think it's sad because for us, this is our generation. Because when we were truly diehard baseball fans, yeah, was the last 10 years. Wow. I've just made myself so sad that I can't remember what we were going to talk about next. We? There was something else. We're going to give Joe two Farrah fouls. <laughs> Do you have eight questions ready, Joe? Uh, I don't even have four yet. So, <laughs> All right, we come back. I'll try to remember what the hell I was going to say because it was definitely something that I was saving till then. But like I said, I just made myself sad. I like Mike Trout. Please don't. Please no. That's next, The Hot Corner, 10A The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Fair or foul coming at you in about 15 minutes. Uh, I do remember what it is that I wanted to get to, and it's kind of interesting. And a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it is more uh, recent. You know, like we, you see parody in a lot of sports in terms of like issues that everybody goes through, mostly because it's money. I mean, at the end of the day, everything is money. But I've been thinking about this Juan Soto thing for a little while, like. Me too. You know, yeah, you as a Yankee fan are obviously thinking about it, and me as a Mariner fan, you know, I'm looking at Mariners, I'm like, you got the pieces, go get Soto. But also just as a baseball fan, kind of looking around the league, and my initial take on this, on on honestly why Soto hasn't been moved yet, is A, maybe they're waiting for the offseason. You mentioned it earlier. It's a big deal. It's going to be a huge deal. If he gets traded this offseason or this season, it will be the biggest haul in the history of baseball, correct? 
history of baseball? Probably. I mean, like, you trains are getting bigger and bigger, I mean, so sure. Yeah, you're not trading Alfonso Soriano and somebody I've never heard of for Alex Rodriguez anymore. You know, like, those trades don't go down anymore. This is now, like, heavy prospects, starters, cash, et cetera, draft picks, et cetera, et cetera. I am, I am of the opinion right now that I think the Nationals will screw this up. Not because I think the Nationals are a bad organization or the GM doesn't know what they're doing or Soto's a cancer or anything like that. This reminds me in a way more positive way because it doesn't seem like a giant tool bag. This looks to me like Kevin Durant. <clears throat> you have a player that wants out and you can command whatever you want for it and you want more. You are not going to re-sign Juan Soto. You are not in a position to You've win a title. Twice. You are not in a position to win a title anytime soon. You've got one. You're happy. I mean, wouldn't baseball fans would baseball fans would take nine years of being crappy for one World Series title? Hell, Royals fans are going to be happy for the next ten years without a World Series title. Yeah, probably more than that. You know what I mean? And so, fans for the most part are going to be happy. But I'm I'm very concerned. I mean, I'm not very concerned, but it looks to me like the Nationals are going to ask for so much for so long that at the end of the day, they're going to get pennies on the dollar for Juan Soto. Just like why Kevin Durant's going to play in Brooklyn this year. And Juan Soto's going to play in Washington next year. That's my biggest concern because there are three or four teams. And I'm not just, you know, whenever some big names on the market, it's like, oh, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, you know, all the big money. There are like four real teams that can do this. The Mariners can do it. The Yankees can do it. The Cardinals can do it. I think the Guardians can do it. Dodgers can do it. Dodgers can do it. Like, that's five teams that have the tools to do it. I mean, the Guardians are not going to do it. And it sounds like the Mariners are. But those are five teams that can do it. And the Mariners are saying, we've had conversations. We think we're out. And that is a loaded. You can give them ready-made players. You can give them controllable starting pitching, and you got prospects for days. Isn't that what they're asking for? And they're still saying no. And they're still saying no. That is strange to me. Uh, I think this conversation around Juan Soto is very simple. And this is not how I normally feel about building teams and, and trading and all that kind of stuff. I've gone on this show many times and said the best way to build a team is through your farm system, call up guys who are controllable, get a couple of hits on those, and then you build a little mini dynasty or try to with a really solid core. That is the correct way to build a team. Houston Astros, Golden State Warriors. I mean, there's, et cetera, a, et there's a million examples. There's also examples that go against that because other things can work. With a player like Juan Soto, who is, what, 22, right? I think he's 23. 23. He'll be 24 at the end of the season. With three, well, two and a half years of control left. Already one of the best hitters in our current era of baseball. He had a coming out party when they won, uh, what was that thing called? The World Series. He is a lefty. Nice, I like. Which is huge for everybody because you want balance in your lineup and most players are righties. Especially if you know right field at Yankee Stadium. Uh, and he's a good hitter. Or, sorry, he's, a good, he's a good fielder, I mean. Yeah, good fielder, Not, great not a great fielder, no, but a good fielder. But not a liability. Yeah, good arm. When a player like that becomes available, you do everything in your power 
to acquire that player if you have the tools. You are right. The Mariners do have the tools. The Cardinals do have the tools. Well, you just said the Mariners say they think they're out. Now, I don't know what that conversation was like. I don't know what the Nationals asked for. But based on what I've seen as rumored or ideas of trade packages, based on what the Nationals mm. asked for in the in the media, which was MLB-ready players plus prospects, the Mariners should do that three days ago. Mm. Yes, you're losing George Kirby. Yes, you're getting rid of Kelnick, although I think that makes you happy. Yes, you're losing one of the other good young prospects. Marte or something like that, yeah. I mean, you're probably happy. You're probably going to lose Toro, but you're probably fine with that. You know, <clears throat> everyone still thinks he has a chance. He's an, he's, he's an everyday player on a bad team. Whatever other ready-made guy, maybe a good bullpen arm, whatever. You're telling me you wouldn't do that to get Juan Soto if you're Jerry Depoto, Mr. I Love Trades? Right. That is the dumbest thing of all time. And that would be the landmark trade of his career. Now, career. Not Seattle. Career. Yes. And I do understand a little bit of where he may be coming from because the Mariners are not there yet. The Mariners, even with Juan Soto, are not a championship team yet. Correct. They are a playoff team. Yeah. Which is great. That's Still the, a starter away. Snaps the skid, but they are not a championship team yet. And I think that maybe DePoto is saying, I've done all of this work to get this farm system ready to go. And we just called up Julio and look at how good he is. And please stop looking at a guy named Kelnick. <laughs> and when we call up a couple of the pitchers next year and get a full year for Kirby, another full year for Gilbert. And Brash. Everything that I've done will give us a core that should lead us into the future. Now, for some of the other teams, like the Yankees and the Dodgers, they're already championship teams right? who have some holes. So going and getting Juan Soto and giving up half your team for him makes more sense because you've already got really good players that are ready to go, whereas the Mariners are not quite there yet. So if I'm going to devil's advocate myself, I guess I could see DePoto saying that. But then the thing that comes in, the little, the little – I'm going to call it a poison pill, but it's a positive thing, is it's not a rental. You get him for two more years after this before even having to consider signing him to that long-term contract. Which means you get two years to negotiate and show him why you should stay. Exactly. Or you trade him again. So And you trade him again, and you at least get a Mookie Betts deal, and you hope Verdugo isn't terrible. So I can see that argument of we've done <clears> so much, why would we give it all up for one player? That one player is one of the best hitters in baseball and will be on your team for two more years at least. So that's why you do it. You know, that, that's why I was kind of frustrated by the Benintendi trade today, although I, I've i kind of since softened on it because the Yankees didn't really give up anything for him. Um, I don't want the Yankees out on Juan Soto because they got Benintendi. But, like, but th this is this doesn't happen, especially in baseball. But I think you're missing the point here, Mike. Like, what I'm getting at is I don't think this is on DePoto. I don't think this is on Cashman. I don't think this is on the Dodgers front office. I think the Nationals are playing hardball with Juan Soto, and it's going to cost them. They're saying, oh, you want to leave? Oh, then we're going to ask something that no one's going to trade for. And in the end, that's going to hurt them. Because if, if DePoto could do it, he'd do it. If Cashman could do it, he'd do it. I don't think it's those guys being gun-shy. I think at the end of the day, I think the Nationals are saying, we're going to be in control, and you're not going to tell us what to do, well, so just like the Nets are doing with Kevin Durant. But the— Durant's a similar player. 
He's older, but sure he's older. But I, let's take that out. Yeah, Durant, remove, remove Durant's the a top five player in the NBA right now. When yes. healthy, top five. Yes, if not number one. Yeah, one of the greatest players of all time. Exactly. If we remove health from the equation, and I understand that's part of the reason why Durant hasn't been getting uh, bites on the trade talks, also because of his injury history, um, and he's a tool, a very big one, <laughs> is when a player like that comes along. I say, I don't care what the other team is asking for. Pay it. Mm-hmm. If you have a chance, if you have the ability to do so, go get that player. You are getting a sure thing. Sure thing. In Juan Soto. He's you, too young to be a bust. You are trading potentially great players or potential average players or potential busts mm-hmm. for a sure thing who's 23. Mm-hmm. And controllable. And controllable. And if he goes to a big market, probably would want to stay on a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. Go do it. But again, but again, Mike, I don't think it's that teams aren't doing it. I think it's that the Nationals are asking too much. But that's my point. For a guy like Juan Soto, I don't think there's a too much. Un- unless it's... Unless they're asking for Julio. That might be what they're asking for. Then that is, yeah. We'll take Julio, George Kirby, and Jesse Winker. And you're like, pass. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Pass. But generally speaking, outside of outrageous things like that, which I suppose could be a reality, just do it. Yeah. That's going to be the one to watch, but we probably won't be able to unfold that until the offseason. Would you be shocked if he's traded by the deadline? No. I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be pretty surprised. I'm expecting it not to happen, though. There you go. So we'll keep an eye on that, obviously. So we'll tell you about that in the next two and a half years, I guess, when the Nationals get desperate and realize they're going to get Alex Verdugo for Juan Soto. Uh, When we come back, it is fair or foul time. But first, Joe with sports. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Is it fair? Oh, my goodness. That's a fair ball. Or is it foul? Well, he thought it was foul, I think. A knowledge test for Patrick and Mike to see how well they know the big leagues. Mathematics and strange symbols now as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. The OBP and the SLG and the ISO and the you name it. And what our distinguished hosts think about the stories that popped up around the big leagues. Peralta knocks it into center. David tonight, two for two, a leadoff single here in the fourth. And nobody noticed. This is Fair or Foul on the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. All right, this is Fair or Foul. We do it every single week. Without further ado, I'll pass this off to our fantastic producer, Mr. Joseph Fisher III. All right. Let me uh, pull up what I got for you here. Did you finish your four questions? Yes, I have four. Now, do you have eight? I do not have eight. You're getting your four. And four legit ones. I didn't come up with just some hokey one at the end about how I pitched over 70 miles per hour on a fast uh, pitch machine. You you sent us that video. Very proud. I was surprised. I was caught off guard. And that was just my off speed. 
Right, right. Yes. Your heat's coming in at night. You should have seen the drop on that thing. 12 to 6, baby. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, it's been basically two weeks since I have been here with you boys. So I looked at some stats over the last 15 days, because that's what MLB.com gives me. Fair or foul? Over the last 15 days, so basically the week before All-Star break, the week after, Freddie Freeman is the only qualified player that's hitting above 400 over the last 15 days. Well, I know he's hitting great. Yeah, he's been playing really well. They're, they're getting their money's worth now. But is he the only player who's hitting over 400 in the last 15? Can you imagine if my if Max Muncie was still playing first base for the Dodgers? Imagine if Dear Max God. Muncie was still good. <laughs> um, over 400. Over 400. Could this is, be a trick question where he, nobody's hitting over 400 in the last 15? It could be. It could be. I'm going to go with foul because I do think I I, I do think there's got to be somebody still hitting well. I mean, we've been talking about Julio all day. Um, but he last fifteen. Goldschmidt, so this goes, Goldschmidt, this goes Arenado. The, I mean, this goes before the All Star break, right? Right. So who's hot going in? I mean, Goldie could be one, although he's he and Arenado I mean, have missed the last two games. Jimenez and Cleveland's been really good. Jazz, Ch- I mean, I, well, Chisholm's hurt. He's been out for a while. Um, I will say foul for the sake of competition. I think there's someone else. I'll say fair. There is someone else. We have Freddie Freeman, and we have Matt Chapman, wow. but we also but we also have Vladimir Guerrero, Guerrero Jr. Ooh, hey buddy, and we also have Matt Chapman, Aaron Judge. Really, those are the four players, qualified players, over the last fifteen days that are batting above four hundred. Matt uh, Chapman, welcome, Fre- welcome to yeah. not being an Oakland bust. Now, Fred- <laughs> welcome to the AL East. Freddie Freeman is around like four thirty-eight. The rest of those Jesus. guys are like are at like four hundred five, four hundred. Uh, but they did, they did clinch that 400 batting average. How, how many? If you've got it in front of you, if not, no big deal. How many home runs does Freeman have in that span? I don't have it up in front of me. I'm He's sorry. not really hitting for that much power. Moving on. Moving on. Shall we? Uh, the last player I mentioned in that 400 list was Aaron Judge. As we know, he hits major dongs, and uh, so does his teammate Mike Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Lynch? Yes, Giancarlo Lynch. Uh, Together, those two players have 62 home runs on the season. Fair fair or foul, that is more than the Detroit Tigers organization. Um. (laughs) And I'm not saying that organization like AAA, AA. Like, I mean, the MLB team, them alone. What what, what, what am I, Luke Anderson, like deep diving, trying to prove you wrong? Well, single A's got 45, so you're wrong. Uh, I will say, I, I will say fair. I'll give credit. Like these these Bronx bombers, dare I say, uh, especially led by Aaron Judge, who is probably going to get paid a gazillion dollars and not be a great contract at the end. But just my opinion, I will give them I will give them the credit, and mostly because I think credit is massively due to Giancarlo Stanton. Judge is obviously front runner for the American League MVP. I'd be shocked if he doesn't win it. Uh, he could hit over 60 home runs, which I personally, as I've said on this show, I'm rooting for him to do. But I think this is a big testament to Giancarlo. I think he's had a huge comeback year. He is what the Yankees have been missing. It's what they traded for. It's what they need. Uh, I will say fair, mostly out of love and respect to uh, from Los Angeles, Mike Stanton. I 
know the Tigers have been hitting better of late. And Stanton has kind of stopped hitting homers. He's been cold. I'll say foul. I'll say the Tigers have now passed that goal. I appreciate the humility, Mike. Can really, uh, you know, save in the end here, but not today. Because Judge and Stanton have 62 to the Tigers' 59 home runs. Yeah, baby, let's go. That's amazing that they still only have 59 home runs. Stop hating on Stanton, dude. I'm not hating on him. Back up your own guy. Back up your own guy. Jeez, Mike. You know, Mike was saying a lot of favorable things about the Orioles today. I just, I don't know if he's, I think he's gravitating towards uh, Chesapeake Bay, away from the Hudson, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I just discovered that some of the keys on the keyboard are not working anymore. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Tune in at 6 a.m. for Dirt and Spray. Just uh, Q, no, W, no, E, no, R, no. I didn't even, it didn't even spill up there. Oh, God, I can't wait for this. Oh, wait, no. you're in luck. Andy uses his own laptop. Cool. So Danny Meringue is host. Who might also use his own thing. Ooh, then Big Souk is host, and he, you can deal with that tomorrow. Yeah, because <laughs> Dusty's down in L.A., I think, already. So Danny just might be in chair one tomorrow. No, it's been Luke and Danny. He's been ah, over here. That's right. I did hear that yeah. for a brief second. Um, as I mentioned, Mike, uh, Oriole fan himself, we're going to move on to that team and another ALS team. ALS? AL East team, rather. ALS is a serious thing, man. We Words. raise money for that every year. Um, so yesterday, Shane McClanahan pitched for the Tampa Bay Rays. Love that guy. Love him. Cy Young. Uh, he uh, went up against the Orioles, and Adley Rutschman had an interesting at-bat where he was able to draw a walk on Shane McClanahan. After falling behind 0-2. Okay. This is a deep dive baseball stat. I can smell it. Fair or foul. Adley Rutschman is the only player to draw a walk on Shea McClanahan all year after falling behind 0-2 in the account. Give it to me. Give it to me for two reasons. One, I really want to know Adley Rutschman's war, and I'm not talking about him at the plate. I I need someone to break down the war of him at the plate combined with him behind the plate and see how many, because he's been doing amazing things with that pitching staff. I want to know how many wins the Orioles have that are simply because of Adley Rutschman. And number two, Shane McClanahan's my American League Cy Young winner. That guy has been absolutely unbelievable, and I'm so glad I forgot to start him yesterday because he pitched another gem. I saw. I got a Mike. I got a new keeper in my fantasy league in the big league. Really? I drafted Shane McClanahan in like the tenth round. I know. I should have kept him last I was, year. I, I was like, him. I was like, that guy's good. He's on the board. I'll take him. Um, I also saw this crazy McClanahan stat. I think it was Santander who homered off of him in game one or whatever game that was, and that was the first homer he has given up on his changeup all year. And, like, hitters were hitting 060 against He's only given up two because he gave up one in the All-Star game. On the changeup? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like, they were like, nobody can hit this, and he gave it up. I'll, <laughs> I'll say fair. I mean, that's a really deep dive stat. I can't imagine that you could have found anybody else who also got to an 0-2 count against McClanahan and then walked, but I'll say fair. Why not? I just want to shout out the two young superstars in the American League East that don't play for the Evil Empires. Or Toronto. And let's do it because this is fair. Sick, dude. A great stat for Adley, a great stat for Shane McClanahan. But fair or foul? First batter do so falling behind 0-1. Oh, I'm not going that far. There's no way. I'm not going that far. There's no way. I'm not going that far. It might be true, but I'm not touching that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, but it's true. Oh, wow. 
Adley Rutschman. Wait, 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 wait. So all year, nobody's hit a home run after an 0-1 count. No, no, from not a Walked. Walked. After Nobody has count. walked after McClanahan threw a strike for the first pitch. Yes. That's like Greg Maddox stuff. That's amazing. That's I, like Greg I'll Maddox pull up the Sandy tweets. Koufax I will stuff. Uh, check my sources again. That is what I read. That's amazing. That is absolutely an unreal. And our last one. Uh, the Blue Jays, before today, they were on a winning streak. Seven-game win streak. Put up 28 runs on the Red Sox. One of those wins. Simply amazing. Uh, and that they did that under their new manager. So, fair or foul, Blue Jays, first team in league history to have a seven-game win streak under two different managers in the same season. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Well, Phil Nevin doesn't have one in Anaheim, so hey <laughs> Um... Boy, I have no way to go about this. I'm I'm gonna say nobody else has done that. I'll, I'll give I'll give love to the Blue Jays. Two seven game win streaks with two different managers. Uh, I'll say foul. There's been other times where a manager of a good team has been fired despite the fact that you didn't think they should be fired or was weird. So I'm sure this has happened once before, at least. So I'll say foul. Uh, and by the way, the Adley Rushman thing comes from Jeremy Frank at MLB Random Stats. He has a uh, very good following of 87.5 thousand followers. Okay, I'll take it. So, yeah, I'll take his word. Uh, McClanahan, 114 strikeouts and one walk after 0-1 counts this year. That one walk being Adley Rushman. Wow. But this is foul. Is it the first time it's ever happened in American League history? Seven game win streak? two different managers one season because it's never happened or because it has happened in the national league is it the first time it's ever happened in the american i'll say foul again i will also say foul it is fair it is the first time that there has been two seven game win streaks by the same team in one season under two different managers who did it in the national league and when Uh, i don't know i tried to find it but uh yeah i I can't dig that on mlb random stats guy give us more well this one i think this this one was from a different twitter account but I tried. I tried. All right. Yeah. Well, that's fair foul. We do it every single week at 830. When we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up the hot corner. 1080 The Fan. This is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. I'm looking at some really like interesting stats because like Pujols is being crazy Pujols at the end of his uh, Cardinals career. Did you know, I, I saw this the other day. I, I don't have, we were talking about stats and this is just more fun. I don't have it in front of me. I, I could look it up, but it's, it's not really worth it. But I saw some side-by-sides between like 1919 and 1929 of Rogers Hornsby and Babe Ruth and Outside of the home runs, obviously, they're identical. Really? Like, Babe was number one or two in the American League of home runs, batting average, walks, hits, et cetera, et cetera. One or two in all those. In the National League, Rogers Hornsby was one in everything. And I just saw, and it was just one of those things where I was like, is Rogers Hornsby a peer of Babe Ruth? Because I think the answer is yes. 
define peer, I guess. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, obviously you're a peer because you played at the same time, but should we not be looking at Rogers Hornsby as like one of the one of the top twenty greatest players of all time? If we're gonna give that to Ruth, we're gonna give that to Gehrig. Like, what? Maybe, maybe I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna deep dive into some Rogers. Well, Hornsby. I mean. It, it, He's always talked about as one of the best players of all time. Well, I know, not? but I, I I guess it just never like dong on the brain that hey, this guy is actually like no no no. He's not like one of the greatest players. Like he is the greatest player. I don't know. Nobody he's cares. Not, he's just not me the, on an island. Well, he's not the greatest player. He's well, look up his stats. He's not. There are so many stat nerds in our baseball media. If he was truly a contender for one of the greatest players of all time, we would have heard way more about him. Oh, and I'm totally, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up right now. Well, he played from 1915 to 1937, so that's 22 years. He has a career batting average of 358. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Oh, Jesus. 358. It's better than I even anticipated. <laughs> you said it like it was 320. I know. I You're know. Like, he has a like, career yeah, average of 358. And then I was like, what? 358? 358. Uh, oh, no. I take it back. He can't be. He's only got 2,930 hits. Sorry, dude. Definitely can't. You're out. What a loser. Yeah, he's only got 301 uh, home runs. Yeah, never mind. I take it all back. Yeah. I mean, if he had 302 homers, I would have had a different uh, Two time MVP. Won an MVP in 25. And an MVP in 29. Oh. Finished second in 24 and third in 27. Only a two-time MVP loser. Um, Between the years of 1920 and 1925, he led the National League in batting average. And these are them, Mike. 370, 397, 401, 384, 424 Whoa. in 1924, playing 143 games. Whoa. And 403 in 1925. Well, this is on base percentage in the 424 year. Uh, 507. No, sorry. Yeah, 507. Yeah. So he was on base half the time. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny is those are the le- the years he led Every the league. Every other at bat, he was on base. Those are the years he led the league in batting average. After those years, he went 317, 361, 387, led the year league that year. 380. 380? Who was better than 380 in 1929 in the National League? I think that's one of those where... 308, 331, and then a steep drop-off. He got hurt. When you start looking up these numbers for old-timey baseball, yeah, everyone was hitting because pitching sucked, <laughs> basically. So, ah, 380, not even the best in the league. That, that's why people have so many issues with sure. comparing current to former generations because sure. the game was so different. Uh, in 1922, he had 152 RBIs in 25 when he won the MVP at 143. <laughs> wow. In 29, when he won the MV- MVP at 149, that's ridiculous. He scored 156 runs in 1929. <laughs> he, he scored, he scored 156 runs in 1929. And guess how many games he played in 1929? How many? 156. <laughs> he scored he a run every game. <laughs> on average on average he scored a run every game that's amazing anyway but does my point not have any merit of there course of, it has tons of merit like people would I mean, be I'm talking being silly. about yeah i'm being old well, you're not being silly because you looked up the stats and you were like wait a minute <laughs> he's the peer of Dave <laughs> Ruth, who many consider the greatest player of all time and yet here we are dude he is he's an ops in 1925 of 1.245 whoa 
Yeah, dude. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> wow. is, there, is there another player like that who doesn't get the respect they deserve? Because I, I feel like Rogers Hornsby is generally ignored amongst those that level of players. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot, you know. I mean, He's hitting like 350 for his career. Yeah, I, I I think there are. I And I think there's even some modern-day players because they were not on great teams that we look back and we're like, oh, yeah, that's a great player. That's a Hall of Famer. That's one of the greatest ever. But we don't really know how great they are. The two names that come to mind are Ichiro Suzuki and Tony Gwynn. Okay. Um, I think those are two guys that we all know are fantastic players, bona fide Hall of Famers, great haters, da-da-da. But- I think Gwynn's a great example of that because outside of San Diego – I don't think people talk about Tony Gwynn anymore. I mean, he's a top 10 hitter of all time. Yeah. And he was the best hitter of the 90s. Pure hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Pure hitter for sure. And early. Early thousands? Did he, when did he retire? Oh, oh two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wouldn't, some really, yeah it wasn't that great in the early thousands. He got a little tubby, but don't we all? R.I.P. Tony Gwynn. Anyway, just food for thought. Uh, these these old stats always just get me real riled up. All right, Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow at 4 p.m. Make sure to get that wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back next week for Joseph Fisher, Michael Lynch. I am Patrick Harris. Go do something I would do. Like, look up Rogers Hornsby stats. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.